0: I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I would say absolutely he is an elite quarterback.
1: Tom Brady has
0: my vote for
1: the greatest that ever laid him up, Tom Brady. Greatest of all time, she got my vote. Number one man,
2: greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. I'm supposed to be the franchise player. We're in here
0: talking about practice. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. we talking about practice.
1: Welcome back to all of you fellow legends to this week's episode of End of Regulation, episode 12, Brent's First Love. We got an extremely special episode for nice. all you guys this week. Um, really talented athlete coming on to talk to us. But first, let's cover all the bases. Make sure to check us out both on Twitter at End of Reg and Instagram at End of Regulation. If you do not, my advice is to look for the most well-moving traffic in your neighborhood and go play in it. Next on the to-do list, as always, is introductions. We're going to let you guys know who's in the stew tonight, hailing from Plymouth, Mass, and known for eating spoonfuls of mayo. Tommy Lasagna, how we doing?
2: I'm good. I just polished off a jar. I'm all fueled up for tonight. Let's get it going. Let's go (laughs) go Celtics. yeah. Uh, Yeah, we're down seven right now. Not looking so hot.
1: Next on the mic, hailing from Bernersville, New Jersey... A gentleman who prefers to drink warm water. Barrel Tres Grimes, how are we doing?
0: What's up, boys? Good to be back. How's long week in Vegas? It but is. How's
1: the back doing?
0: The back's great, man. Just all the saw the Cairo got aligned, you know, all that good stuff. So uh, let's let's uh, let's get this going tonight. Good I'm to hear,
1: man, good to hear. Well, lastly, Halen from Nashville, Tennessee, and the man responsible for bringing us our guest tonight—an absolute legend and a man with a part-time job as a masseuse shakes how we doing kid
3: i'm good boys um it is good to be back after a little break here you know we took last week off uh we've all had our bit of fun for a while and now we're back and like you said we got a got an exciting guest so we're i think we're all ready we're all pumped
1: extremely fired up we might as well and just go ahead and hit it uh give the people what they want and what they're waiting for really stoked to have this guest on i got to see him about a year ago so uh we should just go ahead and ring him in. Let's get him in yeah. here.
3: Without further ado, um, welcome Zach Osborne. First of all, I'm sure everyone has already said it, but uh, Zach, you know, we very much appreciate you coming on, doing us a big favor. Uh, everyone here is a huge fan. Obviously, I've seen you race a lot throughout the years. Uh, Gardner had the pleasure of coming to see you last year, wrap up well, one of creak. your championships. So, um, and the other guys have been tagging along since the
4: college days. So, thanks. No problem, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Of
3: course. Uh, well, we'll just sort of get right to it. Uh, we're gonna open it up. I sort of gave you a heads up. You know, we'll start talking about a little motocross, and I'll I'll carry that. Um, and then after we talk some moto and sort of learn a little bit about you, uh, we'll just we'll just kind of lighten the mood and let these guys ask you some more fun questions, sort of off the track style. How about that? Sounds good. First of all, um, you know, like what? How old were you when you started racing dirt bikes? How did you get into racing dirt bikes? Tell us a little bit about that.
4: I was like seven or eight when I started racing. Um, wasn't too serious in the in the very beginning. Like, definitely wasn't uh, like the goal of getting to where I am now. What it turned into uh, when I was sort of thirteen or fourteen years old. But um, I just kind of always had a dirt bike or a quad or whatever, and uh, just went to a local race. Um, at the local fairgrounds a couple times and um, nice. just kind of progressed nice. quicker than, than the usual and, um, yeah, it turned into yeah what it is today.
3: Yeah, well, that, that sort of helps me ask the next question, I guess. You said you picked it up a bit more than usual, um, sort of, you know, have seen that unfold, you know, watching you sort of while I was growing up and stuff. I mean, how quickly... Did it become something like, oh, you know, I'm I'm probably gonna do this forever, or not, maybe not forever, but as long as I can, and probably professionally. You know, how how young were you? Do you think when you sort of discovered that?
4: Maybe 12, um, I would say, was the first time when I was like, you know, I could probably make a living from this or be really good at it um, at some point in my life. And um, I went through a period um, from like. My 12 year old to say 18, 19 year old years where uh, I was really struggling for motivation, um, just felt a lot of pressure from the whole situation. Right. Um, right. Not really I- enjoying it the way I should have. Whereas now I'm older, 28 years old, still doing the same thing and, and enjoying it, you know, as much every day as I did the one before. So it's just um, been a strange progression from from a very young age, I guess you would say.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's, again, you're, you're sort of helping us segue even into our own questions here, but I guess one of the the best things about you, or at least about your story, you know, is that you were one of the most prodigious amateur racers pretty much of all time. You know, they're, they're really just a handful of guys that you can point to, like the James Stewart's and Carmichael's and maybe even Adam Censorillos of the world who, who had more amateur championships and that than you, and then, like you said, you know, I... I I know from experience also definitely not anywhere close to you but the pressure that sort of comes with that I mean from the time you were 10 years old you were like a factory rider you know factory fox factory this and that you sort of helped a brand bring a motorcycle to market KTM so I mean you were you were the face of a lot so uh, it's easy to make it makes a lot of sense that you would feel that pressure and then of course you know not to harp on it or anything you sort of yeah, I guess saw the effects from that and had to go spend some time in Europe. But on the lighter side of Europe, um, while you were over there, sort of resurrecting your career, um, is there any place that you'd point to that's like your favorite place or that, that you look back to like fondly or that you would even go to today just to hang out or to go race or whatever?
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I loved my time in Europe and uh, often miss my time in Europe. I mean, it's just a simple, uh, such a simple, slow-paced lifestyle. And I think it's something that we miss dearly here in America. But uh, I, I really enjoyed all of Scandinavia, Sweden, Norway. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, I lived most of the time in England, so that's kind of near and dear to my heart. I, I love England. A lot of people hate on it for mm-hmm. the weather and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, it's one of my favorite places on Earth. Um, I, I'm just it, it turned me into a little bit of a more open-minded traveler, I guess you would say. And, and that's for something sure. I'm very appreciative of appreciative no, I, of because no, I, yeah it's kind of brought me to where I am today as in not only in racing but also um as a person
3: definitely um you know coming since I know you you know it's sort of easy to speak to all that it's like I've it's I've, I've seen it all happen sort of live so um it Europe did seem like it was the right thing on both sides of the fence, you know, for, for your career and just for, for who you are. And I know you're a big traveler even to this day, so that's I found that pretty neat. One thing I wanted to touch on about Europe and sort of going back a little bit, back to your amateur days, um, you've been sort of the face of, like I said, amateur motocross, at least in your age group, since you were a young kid. And I remember back when you were on 85s, so you must have been 13, 14, or 15 years old. Um, went to, I think, France and also Latvia, right, to represent uh, America on the Junior World Cup team. Um, I guess sort of tying the Europe question into your amateur career, would, would that be the coolest moment of your entire amateur career or, let's say, like winning your Loretta's championship? What what would you point to as, as the most fun or, like, the brightest moment as a kid racing?
4: Yeah, for sure. The, the trips as a kid to... Italy and Latvia, like you said, were Italy. pretty major. Um, and and to be like junior world champion, the only one from that year, it was a pretty special deal. You know, like Loretta's is cool, but at the same time, it's um, there's a lot of Loretta's champions each year. So right, to become right. a world champion and and just kind of be the the only one from 2004 is pretty awesome.
3: And th- and that's I guess that's good. So you were about 14 years old then, right? So that that sort of points out to everyone wow. just how kind of how crazy this all is and how long you've been doing it at such a level so yeah representing his home country as a teenager and you know doing it big so i guess um coming off three straight championships now as a pro um we're gonna talk a lot about championships because zach's been winning (laughs) since (laughs) since he was a young kid probably i guess like 70 plus amateur national championships a couple world junior titles and now after a long uphill battle, but one of the coolest battles and stories ever in motocross, or really motorsport, period. Um, Zach, sort of in his later years, in a young man's game, has put together what only you know you could call a magical run. Now, so back to back Supercross championships with a motocross championship in between. Uh, we're four days away now from this outdoor motocross season. You're going to Sacramento Hangtown to open up this weekend. But uh what is the the sweetest title you know was it the epic comeback in Vegas was is your first title always going to be the coolest one or is it always the most recent one that means the most
4: It's hard to say um I had this conversation with my wife your sister earlier yeah. this week and uh um it's one of those deals the the first one was just so kind of epic I guess you would say um in terms of the way it went down, and, right. and just that it right. was my first, and and everything like that. It's uh, it's not really the the whole. It's never as fun the second time kind of thing. But um, the
3: first one that was first sweet. One. <laughs> the first
4: one was pretty awesome. I yeah. mean, uh, there's there's not much um, more to say really. I, I can only think that you know, epic kind of comebacks and such don't happen every day in sports, and um, it's pretty in- incredible to be part of uh, of one of the better. Comebacks, or whatever you want to say in uh, in our in my sports history
3: definitely, um, you know, I would say like instant reaction to that, which guys what we 're talking about is uh, last year at the supercross finale, you know the season ending finale, Zach pulled off honestly, like he just described the most amazing comeback of all time. Gardner and I were actually huddled around my phone in the movie theater in washington d c <laughs> causing an absolute scene while it was going down so we saw it live but I think uh, instant reaction like in the motocross world was it's pretty much a, you know, a well known fact that that people had just watched one of the craziest things to ever happen in motocross so um, it's cool that it was you, it's cool that it was you that won as opposed to being on the ground um, so yeah I mean I, I kind of expected you to say that, that number one was uh, was definitely the sweetest one I mean it doesn't really get much better than that so that's awesome uh, but congrats on all three now, and hopefully, um, hopefully, number four is not far. Brent, back. I,
1: I do have uh, one question, just because we have been we have been okay. passing around an article, Zach, that you've obviously probably read multiple times, but talks a little bit about your unusual journey, um, and, and kind of you know how you came from Europe back to the states and everything you've done, you know, to this point would love to hear you touch upon a little bit, like, what you would contribute the most to, you know, your success in Europe and getting back to the States and and being where you are today, uh, you know, with everything that you've done.
4: Mainly just being open-minded. I mean, um, I went there kind of with uh, my last-ditch effort that I could possibly kind of put together. I had been working a job for my dad, and um, it was just one of those things where, like, the rubber met the road, and, and this was either the beginning or the very end, you know, the beginning of, of the, the rest of my life or the the end of my motocross era. And I think that just that realization and um, and as well as being open-minded when I went there to, you know, just know that um, no matter what happened, it could be, yeah, really good or really bad. And, and either way, I, I gave it an effort that most people don't ever – you know i went down an avenue that knows most people don't ever go down so um
1: i think that those two things combined uh were really the the turning point yeah man well it's been amazing to to see obviously and we're all stoked to continue to watch your success here
3: i i think uh Gardner wasn't that uh, i think it was a trans world motocross article zach you're, you're probably extremely familiar with it maybe from last year but we'll we'll get that up on our twitter page uh, so anyone who's interested can read it's an amazing read, but yeah, Zach definitely has quite the story as far as working his way back from a place that that maybe only a handful of guys um, have ever worked their way back yeah, from.
2: So on on that note actually, I do have one question. Like I know there's a lot of ups and downs with like uh, racing in general, and has there ever been like a big injury or like a big setback to you that you may have physically had that you had to deal with like during this this progression of your career?
4: Yeah, quite a few. I mean uh injuries in our sport are just Kind of yeah. common. Um, unfortunately, we don't have a roll yeah. cage. We, you know, we're pretty open to the elements, so um, it, it happens. But um, like one of the the worst injuries, probably mentally and physically, was uh, in 2012, which was my last year in Europe. Um, I had signed a deal to come home uh, with a uh, with Geico Honda, one of the other teams in the premier teams in the series, and um, I was preparing for the the world championship. I, I had really high hopes for the season, and just um, was in a really good place with my riding and fitness and everything and um actually I had a bike malfunction and broke my collarbone really bad and uh was knocked out for you know a couple minutes and uh bruised all my ribs and a bunch of my uh my guts and whatnot, and uh (laughs) that one was was tough to swallow mainly just because it was not my fault and um it you know it was all kind of taken away from me through something that that I had no control over, which, um, as an, as an athlete and as a, especially an athlete in motorsports, you always want to be in control. And it's, it's kind of, a I don't know, like, a stigma almost that, you know, you're always, if you're the driver of something, you're, you're always in control. And, and what happens is, um, sort of at your, your will. So, um, to have something happen that was completely out of my control and, and destroy my whole season was, uh, really,
0: really tough. And Zach, and Zach, how do you keep, like, the the motivation to, to do all the rehabilitation and, and getting your strength back and being able to get back on the bike uh, through all that? Like, how how do you keep kind of, like, in the back of your head, like, I got to keep pushing for for what I need?
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. That's something that's kind of built into you as an athlete, I guess. Uh, and even as a human, I mean, just the the fight or flight mm-hmm. kicks in and, and you know that... Um, it's your job and, and you're gonna go to work tomorrow. Yeah. You know, if you staple your hand to your desk you're not gonna just quit working forever. You're you know, it's it you're gonna have to come back. So no matter what there's setbacks, just um injuries in, in motorsport and and sport in general is uh part yeah. of the game. Yeah. Speaking of that uh, that collarbone that you broke
3: in that that crash over there, um, how many times have you broken your collarbones combined? I, I kind of want people <laughs> to know this. And how many how <laughs> many bones would you say you've broken in your career?
4: Oh, I don't know. Um, I think seven collarbones, oh. maybe eight collarbones. <laughs> there you
2: go. I, th- um, I thought you only have
4: one collarbone. Wrist a couple times. <laughs> oh man. There's
3: yeah, that's making <laughs> you, get, you catch my drift. Jeez, that's man so a lot uh it happens quite a bit yeah i just i just wanted to throw that in there you you slightly mentioned that collarbone as if it hasn't been the biggest problem in your entire life well so. <laughs> so.
1: you bring up uh you bring up these injuries and how some of the times uh or a majority of the time you know it's out of your hand it's not your fault i've seen a couple pretty gnarly crashes it gets pretty cutthroat out there love for you to touch upon like the relationship with the other racers and the other riders uh, just both like off the track and on the track um how you guys kind of interact and and how things are
4: um i mean it it all depends uh some people hate me (laughs) i'm one of the more aggressive cutthroat guys out there so i mean that's that's part of the game there's no uh there's no way around it i mean um if if uh it, it's our livelihood, you know? It's for money, and there's a lot on the line and a lot of pressure, and, and I'm always going to go for the gap if I see it, so... Um, Shoot the gap. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> obviously, like I said, some guys who aren't that, that keen on me or um, who don't like me so much, but uh, I'm okay with that. And um, But also, there's guys who who know the way I race, and they're completely okay with it, and they know that if I'm behind them that, that I'm going to, you know, give it my all, but... Um, in a sense they respect that because they they they're the same or 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 want to be the same or whatever the case is that you know they would uh do whatever it takes to
0: to win or um get the next spot
3: that's what it's all about
0: yeah and i i just had one more question uh kind of in regarding so shakes mentioned before that you're kind of on the um you know, you're kind of one of the older riders in the series uh, and it's kind of a younger sport. How do you keep up? You know, how, and how have you had to adjust your training to to kind of keep the the level of performance that you've been able to do?
4: Now, my training's more um I would say like maintenance based um based around recovery and um just being as fresh as possible every day. I definitely don't feel like I did when I was, you know, 22, 23. Um, I wish I did (laughs) Uh, but for me nowadays it's it's more about um, just staying staying sharp as well as uh, staying recovered and um, injury prevention type stuff to where I uh, where you know just keeping the mobility good and and, um, I do a lot of stretching and yoga some meditation um, just to to keep my mind right and fresh and um, yeah that's kind of the gist of it these days.
2: Have you have nice. you ever
4: run into the Tom Brady
2: TB12 method? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Tom. Shut up, Tom. Wait, but I didn't hear him. What did he right. say?
3: The Tom Brady TB12 method. Tom is from Boston, so he just had to work in Tom's uh, crazy workout regimen. <laughs> well, you you mentioned, you you mentioned the yokes and uh, everything. Th- so. I am super,
4: I'm super th- keen on th- reading th- his th- book. I haven't read it yet, though.
3: Yeah, you should do that. But... <laughs> While while we're here at at a midpoint, let's move it on to some maybe not so motocross-focused questions. Who would you say um, just maybe throughout the course of your life, career, or just currently has been like your biggest inspiration or influence, whether that be just being sort of the person that you are, the racer that you are, et cetera?
4: Um, Racing and sport-wise, probably uh, Mike Brown. He's a a past racer from uh, my area. Uh, someone that I looked up to a lot as a kid because um, I was around him a lot and uh, our, our career paths are strangely similar. Strangely um, he went to yeah, Europe yeah. For, for quite a while, um, won a couple British championships. I won one British championship. He won the, the outdoor title that I won last year. It's just, um, yeah, oddly uh, very similar. So probably him in terms of racing. And um, I'm not sure... Uh, as far as as life goes um i lean on my faith a lot but i mean uh, as far as the day-to-day who i am i just try to to be my own person and and call it like i see it um not really base it off of anyone
0: else
3: very cool thanks
0: and and Zach, yeah similar similar to that uh a you know before like you know you know look what other athletes you look in you look up to what what other sports are you into outside of outside of racing
4: um, I Pretty much like everything, but the NBA, and not a huge fan of the NFL right now, just because of all the drama and bullcrap. I love hockey. I love golf. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Like fishing. Uh, nice. I, I'm a fisherman myself,
0: so I try and, to watch is there some like fishing a, events. Is there like a particular athlete that that you look up to, or that like you you know try to? Uh, I guess in a sense emulate. Um,
4: I mean Peyton Manning.
1: Yes. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting I was for that. that. Um
4: but uh also Jordan Spieth, I think he's yeah. a like a tenacious yeah. guy, uh really a fierce competitor, um but also kind of a, a wolf in sheep's clothing if you will. Yeah. He's he's very tenacious on the on the course, but at the same time he's uh takes time for all the fans and and uh does all the all the side stuff that's not always fun as well
3: there you go what yeah about, that's uh, awesome lance armstrong thoughts on lance also lance a biker
4: guy? i don't know man it's so tarnished and so controversial at this point i don't even care <laughs>
3: <laughs> good good answer I, I just know you zach does a lot of cycling how many how many mi- miles do you cycle in a week
4: um not not that many at this point in the season um sometimes during the off season it's a couple hundred a week this Ugh, point in the season, wow. you know, forty, fifty,
0: sixty, wow. something like that. I think it's I I n- think I've done that in right my now. lifetime. Yeah.
1: yeah,
3: maybe.
0: I'm lucky to get t- I'm lucky to get ten thousand steps in a day.
3: <laughs> all right. Uh, uh. all right, Zach, here's uh who would you say is uh your favorite all time band or artist and what's your go to song by them?
4: Oh man, um probably it's a tight race between Kings of Leon and Leonard Skinner. Um two great answers. If I had to take Skinner's. Um I would probably say Freebird and um, Simple Man. If I had to take Kings of Leon,
1: All right.
4: man, it would right. be tough to find two. I don't even know.
3: I feel the same way. Those are, those are awesome well, answers. Good
1: for you.
0: I think we're going we're to have to use one of those as our playout song for this episode. <laughs> Here, here's, here's, an even, <laughs> right? here's an even tougher go.
1: question You get stranded on an island. I don't know how this scenario in- involves a-, a portable DVD player, but it does. <laughs> <So it's laughs> you got three it. movies that you can keep and watch for the remainder of your lifetime on that island. What are they? Uh,
4: the first one's pretty easy, uh, Book of Eli. It's one, nice. of, my, one of my favorites, all-time yep.
1: favorites. Nice.
4: Um, number two, uh, I don't know, one of the Bournes, probably the last Bourne. I'm a big nice, Jason nice. Bourne fan. Not a huge Matt Damon fan, but Jason Bourne. And, <laughs> and the third one, I'd have to have something funny, um, just because those are pretty serious. So, um, I'd probably take Happy Gilmore, yes, just because nice. it's it's, nice. it's fun, and it was also um, obviously the interregulation best ever. No, <laughs> baby, yes, which Thank gave you. me hope yes, that there sir. is still hope for humanity. Let's go. <laughs> I I could not those agree are, more. Those are a, uh, solid, that's a that's solid
2: list. Uh I have I guess a little another kind of random out there question but you know you mentioned fishing. Uh you you know a big sports fan all around. What's one thing that the listeners out there might not know about you?
4: Um yeah, I'm an avid fisherman. Um I love the fly fish uh mainly for trout, but I uh, I don't really care. Uh, what I'm fishing for. If I'm fishing, I'm happy.
2: Are you a saltwater or are you a freshwater guy?
4: Freshwater. I'm a freshwater guy. I'm from the mountains, so it's, for me, it's uh, all freshwater. But my wife tells me often that I'm the, the only person that doesn't have a social security card that also owns a fly. <laughs>
0: um, well, uh, spe- speaking of that, I was I hoping
3: do. you'd actually mention that because our boy Harry here is a big fly guy that's or right, himself. That's right. So got- the next time we have you on to interview, we might just have to like book a freaking cabin in Colorado and just oh, go fly right. fishing and record a podcast. I'm
4: totally in. I'm totally uh, in. I got some two really good guides in Colorado that I've been out with that are spot on. Yeah,
3: that would be an incredible thing. Cool. Well, I, I know you're a big. Uh, you like to travel. You like to do cool stuff. We've, we've had a cool couple trips ourselves. Yeah, dude, we should do that. <laughs> but uh, Zach, speaking of cool stuff, if you could, let's say if you could go to any sporting event. We just have a couple more questions left, by the way. If you could go to any sporting event. Super Bowl, World Series, Game 7, Ryder Cup, etc., what would it be?
4: Um, well, if, if I could go forward or back, it would probably be Game 7, Cubs, World Series, 2016, hands down. Cubs? Um, I would like to – I was in England for five years and never went to a Man U game, so probably a Man U man city game or something like that that's just um electric that you can't really replace the you know the old trafford feeling and uh just everything that goes with uh the home team
1: being bad to the bone which leads right into my next question zach how's that nando's perry perry
4: (laughs) that's right that's right how many
1: (laughs) how much nando's perry perry did you eat after uh you won your third championship Quite a bit,
4: and I had some <laughs> Dr. Pepper too, which was pretty massive for me. Like, that's really getting out there.
1: <laughs> What's your go to? Oh, What's your go to?
4: Go to restaurant?
1: Or no, just go to at Nando's Peri Peri.
4: Oh, the grilled chicken breast uh, butterfly with coleslaw and french fries.
1: Nice. Mm. Nice. Meal of a champion. <laughs> that's what it's about. <laughs>
3: We're right on, boys. Uh, Tom, here, you got any last questions?
0: I'm good. Th- uh, this was awesome. I yeah, can't think enough. Yeah, seconds. thanks a lot. No
4: problem. Anytime. I have yeah, actually been listen, listening, uh, so it's uh, cool to get on. Yo, we,
3: we greatly appreciate that. I, I know for a fact Zach has been listening. He's been extremely interested, kind of asking how we're doing. Super cool. Thank you for coming on. The last thing I'll say is, like I said, uh, Zach is going for his fourth straight championship as of this weekend, round one of the ama pro motocross championships out in sacramento california um you can tune in that's It'll right be live. by me yeah um i think NBC, nbc sports and nbc sports gold if you're streaming uh so if anyone wants to watch it please do thank you zach for coming on we we greatly appreciate it and best of luck uh chasing that championship
4: no problem thanks for having me guys all the best
1: Well, I think I speak for all of us when I say we really appreciate Zach. That was incredible. Uh, Hopefully all of our listeners learned something uh, and enjoyed that as much as we do. Continue to spread the love, uh, and we really do appreciate it. I think the best transition would be uh, right after you mentioning how much you love the NBA to talk (laughs) about the NBA playoffs. So we're going (laughs) to dive into uh, kind of the only series that really matters the most um you know which is the western conference finals um and i'll let you guys kind of roll with this uh, as you're a lot more versed in the matter
2: uh yeah i think with the western conference finals this is exactly what zach was just hitting on about the nba just kind of being bullshit like everybody knew from preseason that it was going to be the rockets and the warriors and it's here and sure enough it's the rockets and the warriors and you know I, I totally understand why a lot of people don't like that, and myself included. But it is pretty cool to see James Harden and KD going at it after playing together for three seasons in Oklahoma City. Um, it just kind of shows how this league is a business, and you know, it was clearly in their best interest to you know part ways.
1: I mean, I think the real the real thing to say is, from preseason, everybody knew that Golden State was going to win this. I mean, like. It, James Harden's putting in in work but they're not playing any defense and and they still lost last night even with what Harden did so like I think this is pretty wrapped up and and that's what I think is bullshit is that like people predicted this from the very beginning
0: yeah and it's it's unfortunate how unfair it is to play like a Golden State team that's just so deep and they got guys on the bench that are that would you know be potential starters on like the Houston Rockets And, and so to that like, I don't know, I, I just think it's kind of like the reason why I've got such a problem liking the NBA and, and following it as much as I do other sports is because, like, how how lopsided can you be? Where there's one team who's just far and away on paper and in reality just a better team than everyone else.
3: Uh, did anyone see um, Chris Paul put Steph Curry on the absolute floor, dude? He looked like a starfish. That was, that was, a, foul. <laughs> that
2: was a foul. That was a foul.
0: But, yeah, uh, <laughs> come on. He, uh, that, they that's didn't far- I didn't realize. Thing. I didn't realize Chris Paul is a much dirtier player than I ever realized. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's pretty, turned into this
2: punk. He's a big tough guy because he finally made it to the east or the Western Conference Finals. I, I think Tom is onto something there,
3: but I, I like <laughs> Chris Paul. He's like dirty in like the way that your dad's dirty playing pickup basketball. You know, it's like just always doing like the, the little things <laughs> that are just like definitely going to annoy the crap out of you.
0: Dig- digging like a knuckle into the rib yeah, cage exactly or like, like that. that, yeah,
3: and then just like putting his foot behind you as he like charges your chest, so that you just trip on your back, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he just did to Steph
1: Curry. <laughs> so good stuff. I mean, do you see any of these teams that are left uh, having a chance against Golden State? Uh,
3: I'm not. I'm not going to
2: count the Rockets out yet. Um, just just because James Harden, you know, it, he's probably going to win MVP. Let's let's be honest here. Uh, he, this yep. year, he's averaging 30 points a game, 5 rebounds, 9 assists, and he's leading the entire NBA in scoring. So if you catch Golden State on an off night, you know, tomorrow night, and then you're going back to Houston at 1, tied at 1, I'm not counting them out just yet, but neither team in the East stands a chance against either of these teams. And you're, yeah. you're right, it's probably going to be Golden State.
3: Yeah, I mean, speaking of the East, we'll touch on this really fast. Um, the Cavaliers looked like hot garbage. Um, in Game One versus the Celtics, uh, Game Two is ongoing. Tom, would you please update us? Yes,
2: uh, we are currently down forty-nine to forty. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers look like hot fire tonight. Um, we're, we're we're getting it close. Uh, hold on one second. Oh, here's an update. So, it's, Tom, you got to Yeah, I'm watching. You got <laughs> to refresh that page. I'm, I'm watching on my uh, my Apple TV, so it's a little delayed. Uh but so it's fifty-five forty eight calves at halftime. Uh and LeBron is just having his way. He's got twenty-five at half. Whoa. I said I said tonight he was gonna have fifty, and he's halfway there. He's literally so, on pace. Uh literally no one else is in Come. double digits other than LeBron. So that you know if if we're talking MVP discussion with James Harden, it's a shame that LeBron does this and he's not considered just because he's LeBron
3: well I'd like to go ahead and put my yeah. neck out there and say my halftime prediction is that Boston goes ahead and runs away with it in the second half thanks to Brad Stevens and they go up 2-0 yep. and the Cavs really make nothing of this series and I think it's uh Golden State versus Boston so we'll see I like
0: that prediction that's a great prediction um and I, I just want to move on from basketball because you. why not uh <laughs> And talk a little NHL playoffs because no. uh, it, it's been it's been awesome hockey. Uh, Washington Capitals seem to have found their groove at the perfect time. Uh, finally getting past Pittsburgh, and now they're up three to one no, uh, three with to four one. minutes left. They're down three to one. Excuse me, with four minutes left in the second period, well, they have a uh, the th- yeah, they exactly, two zero lead. Washington, correct? They're exactly, but they're it. Yeah, one, two in the road. road. They're gonna be they're down in Washington, uh, which is fine. Uh, it should be expected. Tampa Bay is that good of a team, um, but shakes. Have you been watching the uh, Western Conference at uh, all?
3: As you well know, I've been watching a lot of the Western Conference, and man, yeah, I I've pretty much said this entire time like I think the winning the winner of the whole thing is gonna come out of that Nashville Winnipeg series. What a series it was! Uh, went to seven games, um, came out. Rene, who, if you follow the End of Regulation Twitter account, I made note that, that it was pretty much all on his shoulders. If he came out looking sloppy like he did last year in the Stanley Cup final, then it was it was not going to go our way. He had to come out and do his thing, and that's exact opposite of what he did. He gave up two incredibly soft goals within a couple-minute mm-hmm. period. Um, honestly, just fluke, fluke goals that a Vazina Trophy winner cannot be uh letting happen and in all likelihood he will win the Vezina so pretty crazy uh, he got pulled after 11 minutes in game 7 on his home ice and they went with the 23 year old uh they tried to make a comeback but in the end it was Winnipeg and Winnipeg's deserving i don't want to take any as much of a Nashville homer as i am i mean they're built top to bottom just sort of like the preds hockey. yeah they're they're great offensive team have great goalkeeping have great defense they can score on defense their power play is nice so But um, you know, Vegas still the story of the playoffs and here they are. I think it's tied yep. up one one Vegas and Winnipeg. They,
1: yep. They played a, yeah, they yeah, I, they play on uh Wednesday at nine o'clock. They play on Wednesday tonight.
0: I, I watched a good amount of the game last I watched a good amount of the game last night. Uh Vegas was a better team. Uh three right? one I think the first three one, uh about ten minutes. It took about ten minutes through the first period for Vegas to really start like getting into the game. They started out very slow. Uh, Winnipeg, you know, had them kind of on their heels, so to speak. Uh, lots of shots peppering the goalie. Um, um, marc Andre Fleury played significantly better than he has in the past four games. He's been averaging three goals a game uh, for the past I think, four or five games, uh, dating back to last series. But uh, they look great. Uh, Jonathan Marchessault is a is. A goal scorer, he had two goals last night. Uh, William Carlson was a little quiet, but he's still effective. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, man. I'm still riding this train. I, I love it. Uh, go- I think th- I saw that the Golden Knights were 750 to 1 odds winning to win the Yeah, I mean, the that's cup, the whole reason uh, that at this, this point
3: I'm, I'm sort of hoping it's them. I just want to see the uh, fucking – Yeah, at this point they're uh, like – Sorry, chaos guns. in
0: Vegas, you know. Yeah.
1: All right, well, question. Uh, we obviously – completely avoided it oh vegas is
0: dude honestly vegas those people that live in vegas they they love the team i i I heard people going fucking bananas when they when they were playing the other day
3: yeah i mean i can you blame them i mean in the end i think it's still going to be winnipeg that's what that's what my brain tells me but my heart says let's see vegas win this entire thing and like I said, just people celebrating in the streets who put fifty dollars on a seven fifty to one bet and and just go go have a day, you know, could you imagine?
0: Well, oh my emotions, god, I would be losing my fucking mind. Emotions
1: emotions aside, we we've avoided it obviously up until this point for good reason because there's no re- you know, there's no reason to speculate, you know, back a couple weeks ago when we started talking about the playoffs who would be, you know, Facing head to head in the finals, but would love to hear your guys' predictions on the two teams. Emotions aside, I know obviously it would be amazing to see these Vegas Knights pull something off that you know the NHL has never seen. But in all honesty, what do we what do we see and think? At this point, I think it's uh, Jets Capitals and Jets win the thing.
0: Uh, uh sorry, go ahead. Oof. Um, this is it's tough, man. Uh, to make it to make a prediction is really just. You know, me just bullshitting but uh, Maybe not to win the whole thing, but just I, to I really go to the finals. No, no, I no, not to, to go to the finals. I, I know, but it's just so hard because if, if Tampa Bay wins tonight, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, game. who knows what that does for the momentum. So it's it's all it's it's really, really tough to, to guess. Uh, I'm gonna go against our, our buddy uh, Gino because I know he's he's rooting for Winnipeg. <laughs> um, I like I like the way I saw Vegas play last night. Uh, they they played fast, they had a lot of shots, they Four checked. They, you know, they did everything they had to do to win the game, and and so if they can keep that up, which I think they can, they're still a young team with some good, you know, some good leaders in there. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Vegas and and Caps uh, finals. That's
1: what's gonna sell tickets. No one wants to see you know oh, Caps pegs. Fuck yeah, it'll sell. <laughs> That'll sell. Let's
0: not forget, Tampa Bay is not a major market team at all. No. I don't even know if people go to their games until playoffs. But uh, yeah, Vegas Caps sells fucking major tickets tom thoughts uh yeah i mean just to go along with
2: the the narrative here like everyone i think who doesn't still have a dog in the race is pulling for this vegas team to complete the cinderella story um and with my bruins i i I can't still pick the bruins right like they're a hundred percent out of the picture (laughs) they can't they can't like maybe come back
1: no. Yeah, I mean, no only if they, they
2: sign only if they signed Tom Brady. Well, I'm not counting anything out yet. You never know. Um but yeah, I'd like to see Vegas pull it off here.
1: Nice, nice. Well, uh while you're still on the mic, you might as well just transition us into uh the ML Fat Boy, give us a little rundown of what's going on. Still super early in the season, so we can keep it brief.
2: Uh cool. yeah, I mean it's early for sure, but it's kind of a sneaky about a quarter through the season right now we're at like 45 44 out of 162 so we're actually about a quarter in now um some teams are shit in the bed but one team i wanted to pay a little homage to who we were all down about is the goddamn atlanta braves yeah Yeah, i know i know you uh you got a little bit to say about these guys these youngins
3: I mean, just insane. I mean, if, if anything, to me, it tells you exactly how bad a manager Freddie Gonzalez always was. Um, shout out to my good friend Jordan. Uh, we've been the biggest Freddie Gonzalez haters in the world since the Upton brothers were playing uh, for the Braves. Just horrible manager. And now, now we have a new manager this year, an um, infusion of young talent with Acuna and whatnot and Ozzy Alves. And I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. Even with all that said, I would have guessed honestly that we really wouldn't be that. Maybe we would be in the picture or the fight for like the last wild card spot. But to be leading the national league at this stage in the season, like you said, a quarter of the way through, uh, the national or the national league is actually like incredibly deep. By the way, uh, I think we pointed out today that uh, there are only like five teams under 500 in the whole league, and right. you know. Um, in a tough division, the Phillies are hot. Uh, the Mets started out hot. The Nationals are very good. Um, the Braves, here we stand. So I'm just as shocked as anyone, but I hope they keep it going. Bautista has helped a little bit. Pretty crazy.
2: Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'm glad to see that the Braves are, are, you know, getting the recognition they deserve. They're leading all of baseball in batting average with 269, which is absurd for the amount of young. Like, you have the two guys you mentioned, Acuna and. Albies. You have Dansby Swanson at short. I think Freddie Freeman is probably like the oldest yeah, player on the team.
3: He's been stroking it too.
2: And he's... Ro- so, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see them going. Um, one other team that's been a, pre- a pleasant surprise has been uh, the Los Angeles Angels. Just one because Mike Trout is healthy, which is great for baseball. Um, but so far, Shohei Otani's continued to live up to the hype of him being, you know, this phenom. And he's really been getting it done. Offensively and on the mound, which is you know everyone was a little skeptical, but uh, you know he's got good numbers pitching. He's three and one with like forty five strikeouts, which is a franchise record for any uh, Angels pitcher through six games, and he's hitting almost three fifty um, at the plate with five homers and only seventy at bats. So it's a small sample size, but you know good for him. Um, and then I guess, uh, just really quickly, I'll hit on my top five teams right now. This is, you know, coming from me and my personal opinion, so if you don't like it, um, I don't really care. Um, but number five, we got the Diamondbacks, who have been a little shaky as of late, but they're still leading the NL West, which is probably the toughest division in baseball still. Uh, four, we got the Houston Astros. Uh, they're up one game on the Angels right now in the AL West, but they're just they're they just got too much talent it's going to come around they had, their pitching staff leads baseball with the lowest team ERA and the most strikeouts which is just a deadly combination uh in any bullpen and they got three cy young winners at the head of that rotation or you know cy young candidates uh three the nationals who are the hottest team in baseball they've won 13 of their last 15 games and they're currently playing right now but uh, against the Yankees. So, really sweet game. Uh, I think, I don't know, get a score check on that later.
1: It's delayed right now, but... um, Oh, is it? Yeah, it's terrible weather right now here in D.C. It's absolutely outrageous. It's tied 3-3. I left to obviously come here and be with the boys in the stew. Nice. But right when I I left, Austin roped an absolute dinger, which was amazing to see. So... um, I think they, uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to finish this one out, but hopefully, uh, hopefully they will.
0: Tom, you're a big fan of Tyler Austin, right? Uh, yeah, that guy's a little chump. <laughs> he got that ass
2: beat by Joey Fisticuffs. Uh, Tyler Austin is just trying to make a name for himself because he knows in like two weeks Greg Bird's coming back and he's getting sent down to AAA. Yeah. So he's just trying to make a big deal so other coaches will be like, oh, yeah, Tyler Austin, I know him. I'll trade for him because he knows his 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 time in the starting lineup is limited. Yeah, interesting. uh, Sorry, go ahead, Garter.
1: No, no, no. Go ahead.
2: I was just I was just gonna get into you know my two and one here.
1: Yeah, I was say I was gonna say it's interesting that Boston's uh, you know down here this low as one of the last talking points.
2: Yeah. So, as of right now, it pains me to say this. I'm gonna go Boston at two. And the Yankees at one um, solely, solely because of the strength of the Yankee bullpen. Now, I still think Boston has the better starters, um, one through five, and it's just the bullpen right now. If you watch last week's series, the bullpen is what made a difference in that game. It won and lost each team
1: the those you know games respectively. Hey, young um, Gino, if you're listening, I just hope you, you heard that right. Tom has put the Yankees at yeah, Gino, one. Yeah, Gino, if you're listening, don't yeah. get used to that.
3: Yo, both both of these teams have the exact same OPS, 783.
2: Dude, that's what I mean. Literally, they are so yeah. deadlocked. It could go either way. 67,
3: I mean, 67 and 65 apiece run differential, two of the highest teams, if not the two highest teams in the entire yeah. major leagues.
0: And, and for those of you who couldn't see, Tom, you know, when he said that, there was a single tear that was shed it hurts. down his face. It hurts. Uh, as he said, the, that the Red Sox are number two. Uh, dude, Yankees Yankees look great. Uh, life's good in the hood, you know, in the Bronx. How about um, um, them Yankees? John, John, John Carl has broken out of the, uh, the cold weather spell that, that put his bat into a fucking major slump. How about, uh, um, speaking of
3: bats, Mookie Betts just being the best Mook. baseball player in the world this year. Love it. Nashville boy. I'm just going to shout him out every single week on this podcast. Uh, every just, week.
0: Also, also speaking of bats, uh, today is a two-year anniversary of Rugnada Odor uh, catching a clean right hook on Joey Bats. Uh, yeah. Joey, That's uh, honestly one of the most solid on-field
3: punches of all
0: time. I've, I've ever so seen, great. even in hockey, dude. Yeah. I've never seen a, a punch landed that clean. Yeah, hey.
3: <laughs> that is one of the cleanest punches. And he has, like... Uh, eight inch height deficit on Jose Bautista.
1: I mean, yeah. it happens so rarely that these guys, when they throw these things, are making sure that it is connecting to a tee. He
3: he just knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> that was not his first fight at all. No, that's <laughs> oh, that dude. was the
2: best part. Is because usually in a baseball fight, it's just a brawl and it's a mob and they're shoving. This was like one on one, like. Just throwing he hands at one two another. He threw two hot hands yeah. right in the chest
3: and then connected right on his jaw, and that was not, game over for Not Joe messing God. around.
1: All right. Unbelievable. Well, uh, I think that about does it for the MLB. Glad to hear Tom has the Yanks at number one, young Geno. For and now. Tom has see, the Yankees you, see you boys
2: MLB. in late July. But
1: yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Best way to go ahead and wrap it up is with some buzzer beater boys. Um, typically, I do a Grind My gear segment this week i'm feeling pretty good positive i'm pushing positivity so nothing's really grinding my gears but i do have two would you rathers for you guys that i think will keep you on your toes <laughs> first one i got would you rather have to use sandpaper as toilet paper every time or use hot sauce as eye drops every time mm. i gotta go
3: sandpaper as toilet paper
1: no I'm,
0: doubt i'm going sand, sandpaper too easy choice hot Here's sauce in the eyes
1: bro Here's my thing, though. Here's my thing to play devil's advocate. I use hot, or I use sandpaper. Sorry, I use toilet paper <laughs> much more frequently than I use eye drops. So every time that you take a That's deuce, a deuce, and a bubble goose, you're using sandpaper.
0: That's a good yeah. point. That's a, I never use. I never use eye drops. I'm just assuming that I've got to use eye drops now. Right. Be, I mean, it's I just mean, like You can't in just play that, that card that and say I'm not to. using
1: them. In the ev- yeah, yeah. I mean, you know.
3: But at your current rate, uh, all things remaining equal, Gardner has a point. <laughs> I, 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 I use a hot, lot more toilet paper than I do eye drops
2: Yeah, seriously. Yeah, like I'll daily. I'll take Not the hot right sauce <laughs> and then just deal with my. Uh, I'll take my
3: Charmin double. Insanely ply. burning eyes. Yeah, here's
1: the, here's the next one. This one is just so beat. I had to kind of like mull this over. Uh oh. Would you rather be forced to have to always be wearing wet socks, or only <laughs> or only allowed to be able to bathe once a year?
0: Uh, wet socks, no
1: doubt. Again.
0: Oh man. Bathe once a year, dude. That's insane. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> that is insane. Well,
1: the actual one was wash your hair once a year, but I changed it to bathe. Still got to go wet socks.
0: Yeah, I'll go. I'm I'm going to go wet socks too. Uh Tom, what do you think? Uh I'll
2: just play devil's advocate here and be, <laughs> be the stinky bastard that only bathes once a year. You're, think would, about think a, about having to wear, wear wet socks all the time.
1: You would have some kind of medical. Yeah, then, then you're, you're, get, you're you're gonna get you're gonna get
2: like foot fungus and athlete's foot, and probably you're gonna your foot's gonna look like in uh, Mister Deeds when he's got the black foot syndrome after about a month or two of wet socks.
1: Well, um, you guys got anything else to, to send us off? Yeah, I think there's a couple other uh, segments that are there listed if any of you guys want to run with them. I did have a point of mentioning uh, now that we're done with those Would You Rather's Michael Jordan's uh, newly announced ESPN Netflix uh, 10 hour documentary series I should say that's coming out. Um, Super stoked about that. I think it's going to be amazing especially because we are big GOAT fans here and not LeBron fans so don't push any of that shit here
0: yeah yeah no that's gonna be great also i want to mention uh i watched a good amount of the players this weekend uh for you golf fans out there uh webb simpson great win good to see that he kind of ran away with the whole thing so it wasn't as exciting but on sunday there was or saturday and sunday really there was a lot of movement uh of people trying to catch up to Webb, uh including my man my favorite golfer of all fucking time tiger woods um who kind of made his charge late, and then he got to the last four holes, which he's been historically bad with, and he continued to be historically bad again. Uh, you know, put one in the water, and then it kind of uh, on seventeen, and it kind of all felt to uh, felt you know felt flat on its face. But uh, Tiger is close, man. He's really close. Someone just mentioned, I forget who it was, that he's going to win another major. Uh, it wasn't just anybody; it was like a PGA Tour player who played with him. So uh, I'm pumped about it.
3: Um, I will say Tiger will win one or two more majors, but he's not passing Jack.
0: Do you want him to pass Jack?
3: Pass Jack or no, you, I'm, just... I'm a big-time Jack guy. Okay. Well, uh, just quickly
2: on that golf note, I wanted to give a shout-out to my favorite current player in Justin Thomas, who's officially taken over the number one ranking um, in, yeah. in the PGA, so it's been a long time coming for him. Congrats. Um, and To sort of go back to our uh, gambling habits of late, gambling is now legal, so it's not a habit, it's just a hobby. So yeah, I don't really know how it's going to play out just yet, uh, like legally.
1: but but uh, legally you know, end of regulations about to make a lot of money because <laughs> we are 6 for 9 our NBA playoff pick
0: got money in
1: the you got money in the you you can take that to the bank
0: just been giving out free money to you We're guys literally- I shouldn't even say we. I should say Tom is literally <laughs> giving free money to the people. Six of nine so for all of NBA you,
3: picks. I mean, follow us on Instagram, please. Please bet with if, Tom. If you not for heard professional the athletes, but to make some money. you Just ride Tom. I mean, it's, it's that simple. So if you want to make simple money, I like to make money. So I've been riding Tom. I don't know if you like to make money, but
1: if you do, you'll ride Tom. And Brent loves riding Tom. Who wants exactly. to ride Tom? Tom, <laughs> Tom the, the main <laughs> hashtag, thing is Tom <laughs> loves to be ride ridden. Tom.
3: <laughs> the, the main thing is Tom loves to be ridden I uh, actually, to actually,
2: quick, quick shout out our boy, long time friend Michael Porter. If you are listening, don't fade, Daddy. I've been hot. <laughs> I've been hot.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, last thing, um, check us out on social media, of course, at End of Regulation on Instagram at End of Reg on Twitter. Uh, we've been killing it as of late, um, so check us out. Tag along. Listen to next week's episode.
1: What else also. do you want? professional athletes and money picks. Let's yeah, go. Um,
3: Zach Osborne, thank you so much. He will not be the last uh, athlete to come on the show. Uh, we hope to ramp that up a lot more in the near future. So yeah. thanks for hanging in there. We'll send you off with one of his favorite tunes. He mentioned it, Kings of Leon. Here it is from their second album, Taper Gene Girl.
2: Peace out, boys. I enjoyed it. it. There was just boys.